Opinions are cheap is a what's the word? Nonprofit. No. Brought to you by. No. Stupid. Uh oh no. Opinions are cheap is an independent production. Cameron and Chad are not lawyers or doctors, and their uh, their advice should be taken as such. Um. Hey, hey, Chad. Hey, Cameron. I have a lot of medical advice tonight. Like, if you have a problem with your penis, you should stick it in a light socket. I'm not a doctor. I keep. So I stuck. I got a Lego in my nose because I do that, and I wasn't. Okay. I wasn't counting, and two came out, and it's like, well, I don't remember putting two in. So I'm like, hmm. What color were they? I don't know. Then you're probably fine. It's only if they're red you have a problem. I, I, I usually it's the little. You know that what are little single dot ones called? Tiny pieces. So <laughs> I forget. You're not really a Lego guy, are you? No, I didn't realize that they had names. I would, I just like they're just all Lego bricks to me, and some are big, and some are small, and some are Star Wars shaped. Um, no. <laughs> oh dear. Fuck. Fuck you, and fuck Lego fans if that's not true. I. Here's a chart. Oh my god, you're gonna send me a chart. That's how we're starting the show off. This is a chart. Bricks are usually classified in two areas, their type and size. Yeah, so like one by one and one by two is fine. That makes sense. Round bricks, okay, I guess that's fine. Modified seems like... It. Just call them weird. Oh, wedges, really? Plates? Fuck off. That's stupid. This whole, this whole thing's upsetting to me. I don't want to know this information. I got, I got more follow-up charts. Uh-oh. There's a Travis brick? That doesn't... Common parts and phrases. Cheese slope. Okay, this was made in the 90s. Headlight brick. I mean, it kind of looks like a headlight. I wouldn't call it that, though, just out of dark ages, question mark. So is this a joke? No, I don't understand. Why does those look like like Warhammer things? I don't understand. What is that? I love Lego. My favorite. It looks like a typewriter, kind of, but not, or like a, like a scanner or a 3D printer. Like It looks like a bunch of different things that I don't know which... Wait, what is it? Is this fucking with me? A little bit. Okay, good. It's cool, whatever it is. It's just upsetting because I don't know what it is. Um, I, I'm one of those people. Fuck. I'm not like I'm not into the Lego community, but I like it from afar. Yeah. Um, they, I don't know if you followed Mega sixty four, but they had this running gag about the NES system. Do you remember that? You're talking the uh, the Lego set that came out. Yeah, that set. I don't know about the gag, but I know about the set. So, yeah, that set came out, and, like, somebody had a passing remark that, like, they don't like it, and it turned into a thing where none of them like it. Like, it's just, it's like, it's not appealing, like, they wouldn't want that on a shelf, because to them, Lego is like a toy where you build something, so it's weird to display it. But then if you're going to take up that shelf space with, like, a whole, like, TV and NES, it's like, why not just put an actual TV and NES out? And they got a lot of mail coming back, like, right against it. You collect toys all the time. And he's like, well, yeah, because they look nice on the shelf. This doesn't look nice. And it's like, it, it was this running gag that would come up multiple times. Or, like, people email in to complain that they don't like Legos enough. And they're like, where is this coming from? Like, <laughs> we've never brought up Legos before. Why do people think we like Legos? Legos are interesting. Like, I have toys that I display, right? Like, I have some Marvel ones. I have some Alien ones have some more alien ones. Um, I, I think Legos can make a neat display piece. The problem is, is the really cool sets are like big, like, and they're expensive. Um, like I have some old Lego sets that 
to me are really cool, like really nostalgic, like you know, this big alien spaceship or whatever. And it's like, that might be kind of neat to display. It's rounded just enough, like it doesn't look super chunky. The problem is, is that it, it's it's really huge and then it's got like really neon, you know, early 2000, late 90s green. And it it is like, okay, I don't know how you integrate that as like a showpiece for something. Like, where would I put this in my house if I wanted to be like, this is cool. The answer is nowhere. Like, it just, it just doesn't fit my house aesthetic. Um, I know Jean-Luc, uh, who I do the other podcast with, like, he displays his Star Wars Lego sets, but I also feel like those are kind of made to be displayed, right? Like, the, the new Star Wars sets are really detailed. The builds are really kind of sophisticated. Like, the whole point is, like, we're selling these to adults because, holy shit, they're expensive. Um, which leads me to say that there's another set that Lego put out, and I think it's already sold out, but it was, like, a... What are those little uh, the Japanese trees called that you, like, trim? Bonsai. Yeah, they, they did a set of that. And so you build, like, the pot, and then you basically can build the tree in a couple different ways. And it has, like, um, different little flowers and, and, and leafy parts you can put on. And so it's like, oh, you can come back to this, like, every day and, like, build the tree in a slightly different way. And, you know, oh, maybe I'll use the pink petals instead of the, the red ones for the, the flowers and the pot coming out. And I think that's really cool. Um, I also kind of... I can't tell if I... If I think it's tacky, though, too, because it's a Lego set. But the idea is really neat to me. It's customizable, right? It's a, it's a nice little showpiece. It's, it's cute, cute. I love and it. you can change it depending on your mood. And yeah. that stuff is cool to me. Yeah, actually, um, one of the things I liked was when they came out with that Toys to Life game. Because what they were selling was, like, little sets that worked as display pieces. So it's like, I could get the Ghostbusters thing, and it's just Bill Murray... And then just a like miniature car that's his size, instead of like the whole firehouse. So it's like, oh, mm-hmm. well, this isn't like it's not an arm and a leg thing, but it looks cute on my desk. I like that that fringe set you showed me because it actually has like the lighting, like it's it's the TV set. It isn't the set of friends. <laughs> yes. It's the set of friends for TV, and then like there's microphones and stuff. Like that's clever. I don't. I would never want to own it, right? But I kind of appreciate it that it exists, and I'm sure there are people who are happy to buy that. Well, it's also, again, like, where does this go? Like, does this belong on a shelf? Or does it belong in a box, and you, like, remember it a couple years from now when you move? And go, oh, the Friends Lego set, remember that? And it's like, yes, that's why we're getting a divorce. <laughs> it's. I think anything kind of falls into that, though, right? Like, some of the, the, no. the toys I have... Does this belong on a shelf or not? And technically, all of them is yes, because they were made in some part to be displayed. But then I have, like, my old Godzilla toy from, like, 1994, and that was meant to be played with. And it's chipped, and it, you know, it has it's worn because I played with it a lot. But I still own it, and it's cool. Um, and today, when I had my vocal lesson, I, I used it. I put my phone in its hands so it could hold the camera for me. So, Which I was really happy about. You know what I, I regret not getting was the... Uh, they've done a lot of Ghostbuster sets, but I wanted the one from the 2016 movie. Because it was like it was smaller, like it was sized appropriately to be an actual Lego set instead of this like huge thing. But also it had the full cast. Like there were... Um, yeah, I'm looking it up now. There were actually six minifigs with the Ecto-1. Oh, wow. And it's like, wow, that's actually a really nice set. Um, and I, I don't remember why I didn't get it at the time. And now it's like going for 120 on eBay. Oh, man. Which is like, it, it's weird because I feel like there's not demand for Ghostbusters 2016 merch. 
I think it's a collectible, right? So no one gives a shit about Ghostbusters 2016 anymore, but like Lego collectors give yeah. a shit about that one set they don't own. I, I think the most valuable Lego I have is the collector from Marvel. Let me look that one up. I was looking into, because uh, I know there, there was a couple of Speed Racer sets when that movie came out, but that was kind of at the time, you know, where like Legos are for kids. And so you look at those cars and they're super chunky and they're really like not flattering looking sets, right? Like that is not the Mach 5 I would want to display on a shelf. Yeah, you know what? Which is My dad has that. Oh, he does? And, and it's the same thing where it's like he really wanted it because it's Speed Racer, but he mm-hmm. like he built it and it's like, well, that's neat. And he left it on his nightstand for like a little bit and then he put it away and I've never seen it again. I would like a good... Holy shit, this is 525 goddamn dollars. For for just the one little man. I guess this was a Comic-Con exclusive, though. Um, Yeah, well, yeah. and There I've, was very few of these. I've got a handful of, of those minifigs, but it's like, I love having the collector in a little plastic cage in my collection. Because it's also like, I think this figure isn't in any sets. There's no, like, Lego collector out there besides oh. this one. And it's like, wait a minute, I love the Collector. <laughs> it's like, that's one of my favorite, like, more obscure Marvel characters. And it's like, oh, cool, I love this so much. I guess if I really wanted a Speed Racer thing, there are a decent amount of, like, Hot Wheels uh, versions of it. So, like, it exists, right? Um, Speed Racer is one of my favorite movies. It might be my favorite movie. I don't know if I, like, part of me is like, I should get merch for that. And other part of me is like, well... It's kind of old and expensive, and you don't need it. You really don't. It's just shit to put on a thing that will collect dust, like all your other shit that you put on the thing. You know what would look nice? You should get, like, a poster that you can just frame on the wall. Yeah, I could do that. Like, like not even necessarily from the movie. Like, you could actually probably find some interesting, like, anime-stylized shots. Honestly, I could probably Photoshop something, take it to work, and be like, hey, can you print this on a piece of uh, well, yeah. particle board for me, and then take it to get framed? Cause... You could take, like, any frame from the movie. You could just Google stuff. Like, I, I, I think um, having something that pops would actually be really nice on a wall. Well, oh. there's so many shots in that movie that do pop. Like, I can think of, like, six just off the top of my fucking head. I love this Honestly, little that's display. a really good idea. Here, let me send you this one. So there's this cute little cardboard display here, or plastic, with, like, the checkerboard bottom. Oh, that and it has, cute. like, all these action shots from the anime in the background. That's a cute little thing. I wonder if, if digital would... Like, well, right now that department is, like, pretty swamped. I'd have to wait till uh, they either got their new press and, and, like, can, you know, space out the workload or, you know, wait a couple months to when uh, we're in a kind of a downswell again over there. But if I, if I gave them something, like, 8.5 by 11... And be like, hey, could you print this on the, uh, you know, $140,000 printer for me? I bet, I bet they would, the guy that runs that would be like, yeah, sure, why not? Uh, the, the, where I work's pretty cool that way. Like, people are pretty chill about some of that stuff. And then you just get it framed and like, I'm, I'm, I gotta hold on to that thought. That's a really good thought. Because I'm looking at my, like, my library room, right, where I have all of this shit. And I have, I have a really cool piece of art from Jim Zub, who's a comic book writer and artist. That Alex got me, uh, but that's the only thing I have on my walls, and I have a lot of wall space, so it's like, well, I could put, like, a, a Speed Racer thing, like, above that bookshelf, like, that would be a good spot for it. I've been having fun, I, I so I talked last time, um, I talked about The Sims and, like, how I'm, like, modifying textures and stuff for custom content. Yeah. I found this one piece that's, like, a collection of picture frames, 
And so it's like, oh, I'll swap out all these pictures, right? So I did like the the cliche, like the Mario 64 paintings. And it's like, okay, that's cute. And then I did a set where they're all characters from Tamers 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. <laughs> um, and there's like this huge, <laughs> there's this like this huge like mansion portrait of Bartleby and Sonic, like holding each other all like extra gay. But it, like I put this like painter filter over it. So it looks like it was actually painted. And that's like the centerpiece in my vampire's castle. Nice. But, uh, I had this other idea, and I ended up, um... How familiar are you with the mystery of the druids? Talking like, uh... Like Stonehenge shit, or something else? No, the classic video game mystery of the druids. Not at all. So, I took a bunch of screenshots from that that are kind of iconic, and I put those in the picture frames. And what's weird is that when you zoom out, they look appropriate for The Sims. Like, it's not like, haha, internet meme... But if you zoom in and notice the detail, it's like, oh, I see it now. Sure. And it's like, oh, that's the perfect. This is perfect. I love this so much. <laughs> um, oh, wow. So I could almost uh, I, I could almost talk for an hour about Mystery of the Druids. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm wondering if you recognize the cover art. Um, this is like a point and click adventure on the PC. Holy shit. There's a lot there. Uh, for the listener, um, hmm. so it, the background, it, we got a very dark blue to very dark green kind of shift. The The background, it looks kind of, it's spooky. It's kind of graveyardy. Uh, then we have a, a, a druid in the center taking up most of the shot. He's wearing a kind of a, a brownish hood with a robe. His mouth is open like he's going, uh, and he looks very upset. His eyes have a lot of red kind of around them. And it says, The Mystery of the Druids in, like, an R.L. Stein font. It looks it looks like a, the cover to a video game that came out in, like, 2002. So, the release date was 2001. Oh, shit, I was close. <laughs> Yo, you, you were spot on with that. I love that. <laughs> and then you just sent me an MLP version of it, with Twilight as the Druid. And I, that, that's, that's super cute. Good, good for the, I like that. I so I'm a, I'm a little surprised um actually that you you haven't like seen this before cuz it I feel like it's a thing people joke about there's like an awful lot of fan art of uh Oh the Fluttershy one's even better cuz it matches the colors better. Oh, Lord of the Rings, that's great. Okay, you know I've legitimately never seen this but now I'm like kind of happy you've introduced it to me. Like what does this game actually look like in motion? <laughs> Um, so, like, it's 3D polygons, but it's a point-and-click adventure kind of a thing. Okay. So you have, like, a still map, and then, like, very awkward low-poly models, and you click somewhere, and you just kind of, like, slowly meander over, and then there's voice dialogue for everything. Sounds fun. Uh, so there- No, it doesn't. There's a YouTube channel. I think there's a good chance anyone listening to this show knows it. It's called Mandalore Gaming. Have you heard of them? No, is that before or after the Mandalorian came out? Um, before. Uh, he's actually not a Star Wars guy. He he made up the word Mandalore, and then after he got a name for himself, people started asking him like, "What? Oh, are, do you like Boba Fett?" And he was like, I, "He's fine. I don't know." <laughs> That's the appropriate response if someone's like, "Do you like Boba Fett?" <laughs> um, but he so Mandalore. He put up a review. It's more of a a showcase 
of it than a review. I want to say it's like actually a 40 minute long video. <laughs> where he just, it's almost, it's like, it's borderline a walkthrough, but he also like offers additional information and like cuts through the plot. So you get the full story if you want it. I like how it's the first thing that comes up. If okay. You, if you I'm sorry. This. It's an hour and 15 minutes. Also, holy shit. That is very long, but it I is... I've seen this guy's videos. <laughs> it is quite the journey. Like he, he warrants that time. I have a feeling he had to edit it down to this. I think Joe might watch this guy every once in a while. I feel like he, cause does he, is this thing he goes through like really old games and kind of just walks through them and shows them off? Uh, you could say that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say really old games, but yeah. Oh shit. He did an AVP one, but it's not a, if I played AVP extinction, is that the, did, I think that was the expansion to aliens vs predator too. If that's the case, I have to fucking watch that because I never finished that because I'm a bad fan of that game. Fuck, I should play... No, I shouldn't. I don't have time. At some point, I need to get time to replay Aliens vs. Predator 2. Oh, you know what? He also did a really good Space Station 13 video, and I might have oh, made nice. you watch that. Cause it, yeah, it would surprise me. He set it up like a tutorial. Like He kind of explains... like like The first thing you do when you get in the game is you have to learn how to light a cigarette. And he like walks you through the process of mechanically what it means to open a box and take something out of the box and then put the box away and then light it and holy shit this dude gets like a lot of views on his videos oh he's a he's a big guy i i think um again he's a pretty popular name which is crazy he doesn't actually have that many videos no but they're quality like he he has a consistency and uh i want to say um, his tastes are very apparent, so you understand if he says something is good or bad, you know what that means to you. Like that's that, good. That's useful. That's what you want out of a, a critic or a viewer. Um, he did a very good video on the Blade Runner game. Did I send you that? No. Okay, so for Blade Runner, they made a fantastic point-and-click game that I literally didn't know existed before Mandalore brought it up. And it's very, I, I want to say ambitious, but they stick the landing. Cool. Um, and they actually have some like randomized features. So like you don't know who is or isn't a robot. Um, like each playthrough is random. Oh, nice. And clues will move around. So there's like there's still kind of the same plot, but you have to go through the investigation and interview people, and you'll get like different responses. And you'll get sent to like different areas or out of sequence. So when you do your second playthrough, it's not a speed run. It's like I gotta solve a mystery again. Um, it's that kind of a game where it's like, oh, th- this has legs. It's cool. But I like that. <laughs> I so y- do you want me to summarize mystery of the druids? Oh yeah, yeah, we might as well. And then I'm gonna go throw more bourbon in this class. That sounds delightful. Um, I got okay. So it's it's about. Um, I want to say it takes place in like the eighties. Excuse me, or something. Like it's not a. It's relatively contemporary. contemporary, Yeah, or it is contemporary. I'm sorry, words hard. Um, but you're a detective at Scotland Yard. Okay. Yard. Yard. And there's like a mystery of these like people are like finding skeletons because people are being like murdered and they're. Their flesh is being ripped from them, and only their skeletons remain. So it's like, well, who's behind the skeleton murderers? And so you play this detective that's just been assigned this case, and he is, like, the worst human being in the world. Like, he's... um, 
<laughs> I want to just say incompetent. Um, he's stupid. <laughs> he, 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 like everyone in the station hates him. And it feels like, oh, because the world is against him. But then you find out it's because, like, uh, he, he, like, he smells bad and he owes everyone money because he keeps borrowing money, but he won't return it. And it's like, why make a, like, the player character is usually a power trip in a video game. Right. Like, if you sit down to play the detective game, it's because you're the, you're Sherlock Holmes. You're the best detective ever. And this is kind of like, what is wrong with this guy? Like, he needs to get his life together. This is depressing. His office is a mess. Like, you can't find anything in it because there's empty pizza boxes everywhere. And he spends all his time reading about UFOs and ghosts. Nice. And, like, there's a there's a part where you have to check for, for messages on your answering machine. And it's like, there's a there's a phone call you got from the pizza place saying that your tab is too high and they're going to cut you off from deliveries until you pay it. And, and his comment to that is like, Oh, it's that high. That's a new record. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and then after that, there's a phone call from his mother saying like, where, where, where are you? You, you haven't called and I'm worried. I, are you okay? And he just like deletes the message. And it's like, what is this guy's problem? Like, Why? Um, <laughs> it's so weird. And then, like, you have to get you, you don't have a login for the database because apparently what you did earlier was you actually like accused someone in the royal family of a crime because you just don't like them. And, and so, like, that turned into this huge scandal where it's like, no, you can't get into the computer database. You're going to you're going to fuck with evidence again. So it's like, well, I need to investigate the skeleton murderers. And it's like, well, go out there and look for skeletons. It's like, well, I, I don't know. So you go talk to the lady that runs the database. And she's like, if you're here to flirt with me again, just stop it. Leave me alone. I'm Jeez. going on a date with the other guy. And it's like, oh, it's like, oh, why? It's like, because like, you, you sit in your office all day eating pizzas and reading UFO books. And he's like, oh, I see. You've been talking to Lori again. And, and he's like, no, I have eyes. Get out of here. <laughs> it's just like the weirdest conversation. Where everybody hates. Him. So is this? Is there like a turn? Or no. Are, are you the bad guy all along? Uh, no. You. I mean, you save the day by the end because that's just what the game is. But it's like so. I, this isn't even like this is still the setup of the game. Um. There's a part <laughs> where, um, like you, you're just like you can explore the police station, right? Uh, you go to the chemical lab, and and you and he like he makes a joke about. How like oh you guys must be lucky in here you can just uh you, you can drink all day, and the scientist is like you think just because we have like medical alcohol that we're just drinking booze in here, and, <laughs> and the guy's like well sure why not? And he's like you know what fine uh, why don't you try some and they give him some medical alcohol and he passes out, and that's actually a clue, because later when you get a clue that you have to go into the museum, uh you're like oh I need a <laughs> like I. How does it go? It's it's something stupid. He needs like a quarter for the payphone, and he doesn't have any money, and no one will lend him money because he owes everyone money. But you find a hobo outside the museum, and the hobo is like 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 oh my life's in shambles, and the, and so he's like hey can I have a quarter from the hobo? And the other no it's my quarter. And so what you do is you you go back to the lab, and you get the medical alcohol. And you mix in apple juice and give it to the hobo, basically poisoning him. Oh no, that's not nice. And just to steal from him. 
<laughs> so you murder a hobo to steal his money to use the pay phone so that you can get into the museum. Like, everything he does is like a series of, like, completely immoral behavior that, like, accidentally works out by the end. This sounds like, like an episode of Archer. It It's... It kind of feels like it's ahead of its time. Yeah, like, like the, the, this is so many, like, adult cartoons. Like, this yeah. is Venture Brothers, this is Archer, this is South Park. Like, all of this stuff could happen in one of those. There's kind of Rick a and sense Morty. of humor to it that it, it's so dry. Like, it's presented with a straight face where it's not like, can you believe this guy? Or uh, how could he even be more evil? It's more like he just does it matter-of-factly and you're supposed to go along with it. Sure. And you are in disbelief as you watch these things happen. And, like, that shit's really fun when you watch Rick and Morty, right? Like, that's, like, one of the reasons you watch that cartoon. Because you're like, they're fucking doing what now? And it's not real. And it's so bombastic and stupid that it's it's funny. Like, I don't know. My, my sense of humor tends to skew that way, as everybody knows. Also, a lot of the things you just said to me, I typed up and tweeted. <laughs> just without context, because it was <laughs> funny to me. Um... But it goes on, and basically there's druids, but they're going to destroy the world, so you have to stop them. And that's the rest of Yeah, you of know, the druids known for destroying the world. But there's, um, well, you know, I won't touch that. So, there's a, a another quirk of the game is some of the bugs. Like, the, I don't know what this, um, what the production was like on this. In fact, I can't remember the name of the studio. This might have been, like, the only game they produced. So the I think the most iconic one is uh you have this rival detective that hates you cuz he's like he's like snooty and like smarter than you and and he gets the girls and like his life works out even though he's kind of incompetent also and there's this bizarre glitch that he's like floating over his chair in his office there's a picture of it um he is floating over his chair. Yeah. That's kind of a, that's, I mean, that's a special move. And so it's, it's kind of like this weird graphical bug that people can't figure out why it's there because it's like, there's a couple theories and one is they just couldn't fix this bug. Another theory is that maybe from a different camera angle, it didn't look like this. And then they had to change the camera angle and it, like no one caught it. Mm-hmm. And then the other theory is uh, like there, there was supposed to be a different animation playing. Like, they might have programmed this pose, but actually he has, like, a different pose, and it just won't won't pull it or something. But there's a weird side effect where he's, like, kind of eye-level with you when you talk to him. And there's this, like, he has this smug aura where it's, like, you know, you, you kind of just get used to him floating over his chair like he's tough shit, because that's how he talks all the time. And it just I becomes it. the character. <laughs> um. So, <laughs> what's what's weird is that like the this floating lorry, he it, it inspires a lot of fan art. There's some love, like there's so many weird things that inspire a lot of fan art on the internet, and I'm always a fan, even if the art is just awful or weird or what. Like, I love I love how the internet trajectory works for that. Right, like here's a dumb glitch, and then people drew a million pictures about it and put you know Twilight Sparkle in there instead. Yeah, it it's interesting. It's one of these like internet culture moments. The, the just the way jokes evolve on the internet are, is so fun. And honestly, like the, the so these pictures, 
Okay, the, the, the virgin one, not so much. It's just a dumb meme. I don't, I don't like that one because my name is part of it and it's upsetting. But, like, the other two you sent me are, like, legitimately neat, kind of artsy-ass pictures. A lot of them are very, like, anime-themed. Yeah. Because it's kind of this dynamic of, like, of, of the good main character trying his best and then the cocky character that has everything handed to him. And it's like, Honestly, yeah. I like the idea... <laughs> just, like, the idea of the cocky character floating instead of sitting is, like... There's a power move there, right? Like, that is kind of amazing. I... <laughs> so it's just, uh... Oh, no, where'd it go? Not it. It's gone now. I hate Google. Google images, like, changed how they handled stuff, and now it's so hard to... Now, now my phone's Googling things. Stop it! Uh, this is a good podcast. It is. Do you mind if I go uh, get a little more bourbon real quick? Uh, no, go ahead. Alright, be right back. Okie dokie, I'm sorry for the delay. So it's just, it's a very interesting game because it's sort of, it's off the radar and it's off the beaten path. But when you discover it, it's like you get introduced into this club of people that get these obscure jokes. Because it's just, oh, yeah. it's such a bizarre experience. It's great that it's a video game too, right? Like if you were like, it's like, this book is a bizarre experience. It's like, well, it only takes one person to write a book. Um, or like a web comic or a comic, right? You could do that like with one or two people or just one person or whatever. But like a video game's a team. Like a bunch of people had to get together to make this fucking weird thing. Yeah, and and the writing, like I I'm super curious what the script writing process was like because there's a lot of dialogue. Like there's a professor where I think you can talk to him for thirty straight minutes and it's like he gives a whole dissertation on the history of the druids. Damn. Like he he just keeps going if you keep asking him questions, um, it, and also like I I don't want to just like walk through the whole game, but uh, I I mentioned like you're trying to get into the museum for a clue, right? Mm-hmm. You get in there and there's like a lady working there, and so you ask her about like the paranormal stuff and druids, and she's like, oh, I was studying a book on that. I can help with this, and then the detective Halligan's like. It's kind of stupid that a girl is studying because she's stupid and a girl. So he oh, leaves. <laughs> and it's like, why did you go to the museum? Like, the, you went through all this to then just, like, uh, be upset that a girl has the same hobby as you. And then you just go find the professor that works at the museum at his house and ask him questions because he's a man. And it's like, who who wrote this? How did this get written? <laughs> it's like... Everything he does is like, this is the worst character ever. Why am I playing as him? And and you want to know where the story goes, but it's like, you feel disconnected from Halligan. It's not like, I, I will be Detective Halligan and I will solve the mystery. It's more like, what is this guy doing? I got to keep pushing him along. I want to see where this goes. What is this? Sure. So yeah, Mystery of the Druids is a very interesting thing. Uh, it's easier to watch Mandalore's video than to play through the whole thing. So I recommend it. Yeah, that sounds fun. On a completely, like, totally divergent topic, um, 
Oh, a couple things I could talk about that happened like today or this week, mostly today. Uh, so I had another vocal lesson with my coach. Uh, earlier in the month, we tried to have one and there was a bunch of technical difficulties. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to let's try again in a couple weeks. I have an opening. I'm not going to charge anymore. Like, this isn't your fault and, and we'll, we'll make it work. And so I downloaded Skype on my phone and we made it work. Um, and that was cool. Um, part in part because like there was someone that day that he had a lesson with uh who forgot to charge his phone and was like oh it's only four percent i'm sure it'll work and like two minutes in the phone died and he's just like i guess that that didn't happen and that guy's kind of fucked because that you know that that was like sheer incompetence and and also i i get the feeling that like mark and, and alex who's his business partner at least like respect the fact that i work at what we're doing because it sounds like they they have students right that are just like Hey, this is my third lesson, and I don't sound any better. And it's because he doesn't, you know, they don't practice, right? They between lessons, whereas I, I practice a lot. Um, and so we were we were going today, and, and we had a, a bit of a chat on on things that were, you know, what I'm working on, what my goals are, things like that. But I did some I did some vocals for him, and he's like, you know, we're basically done working on lows. Like he's like, you're album ready. You can take what you can do right now and record music or join a band. And hearing that from him was like a super highlight of the week right like i'm like really really cool uh not my glad space because i have something else for that but like it was it was nice to hear that like i've you know this is like like six months worth of work and i've i'm i'm finally there right with with one facet of this so that's really neat and so now we're gonna start you know going for the high stuff the shrieks the black metal like easily fucked up stuff so that's that's the next goal um i, I just wanted to share that because it, it made me really happy Oh, that's worth sharing, though. So and gonna... as soon as I'm done, the first draft of this fucking book I'm working on, I want to get back to that stupid Steven Universe cover and like start tracking some vocals for that because that's the point we're at with that thing. Are you gonna start a band? No, I'm gonna keep doing with where I'm, you know, with my own stuff. Like, I just feel like I don't have time for a band or the drama <laughs> that would come with a band, right? Well, like, yeah. I want to just make my own stuff. I would like to do music with my friends. Like, Jean-Luc can play um, trumpet. Alex can sing. But, like, those kinds of projects, I'm still going to be, like, probably doing the heavy lifting. So it's more like my project. Hey, you should record some trumpet for a song or, or you should sing a bit for a song, right? Like, it's still... Uh, I don't have to worry about drama or as much drama because I feel like I can work with them. Whereas if you get you know, five people in a room. Part of me is like, yeah, this is fine if the guitarist wants to do all the work because I have so much other shit going on. And then I, I, I still don't have, like... It's one thing to hear it, it's another thing to, like, feel it, right? Like, it's like, I'm not good enough to be in a band. Like, I don't I don't practice, you know, I don't. I haven't hit quite that yet. But it would be fun, like... And I definitely want to do, like, karaoke. I know th- there's usually a karaoke machine during the, 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 the Christmas office parties, right? And I'm just like, man... 2021 Christmas office party, assuming COVID's finally over, we can have one of those, uh, is going to be really uncomfortable for a whole lot of people. But that's fun, too. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Give me. I got grapefruit juice. I'm trying to, like, look at my YouTube channel for my band, and just, or just, like, my band, or my, my author page, right? Like, what can I produce that could be fun or valuable that would get people to hear and then maybe to look at my music or books. Right. And it's, um, something I've kind of thought about off and on for a while now. And so like, I have some ideas for things I could do. Uh, 
the problem with that is like I would have to film myself and put my face on YouTube and then set the video to not private. <laughs> and that's a fucking leap. And I don't know if people realize that, that like that's huge, right? Like you're like, oh, I'm gonna record a vocal cover of a really popular song. And people might find that because people are gonna be searching for that really popular song. And uh you have people that find you, all of a sudden they're gonna have opinions about you, and it might be how you sound, what you look like, what your room looks like. Why? Uh, all of that shit, right? And so it's like, hey, it would be really fun to like I like this Godsmack song, I should do a vocal cover of that, but make it a deathcore cover. That'd be cool. But uh but why does it have to be your face? Because people don't want to click on something that doesn't have that human element. Like, if it's I, just a picture, no one will give a shit. What? <laughs> I I tend to, if I see a face, I'm less likely to click on it. I feel like we're in the minority there, though. When it comes to, like, what has a lot of views and what people are looking for. Like, they want to see the goober making the noise. Who's that? Who's that singer I like? I don't think you like any singers. Um, Anna Pansy. Oh, you're talking the, the, the... Okay, yeah. Okay, so Anna Pansy just put up a Shrek acoustic cover, and it has 300,000 views. Yeah, that's the exception, not the rule. What? Okay, um... I think if I put up a cover of me doing any kind of song, if it was just a picture... It would have remarkably less views than if it was me filming myself. And I think that's just kind of... People want that human connection. People aren't be like, I'm listening to this for the music. They're like, no, no, I'm listening to this for the performance. And there, so there's there's literally that aspect to it. Like, okay, so I looked up... I'm Ken, in front of a microphone... Go on. I, I looked up Ken Ashcorp, and he has this video. It's like 2.6 million views. And it's like a cover of... Of uh, Gravity Falls, like I. Why do I know that person's name? Because because they're very popular and they don't put their face on their YouTube videos. I guess I I can only think of one YouTube singer that I I tolerate her face, and that's only because uh she she puts together a nice production. It's not just her singing into a mic. It it's like I I there's a tendency where it's like. It, I understand that you like yourself and you want to people to look at you, but it's like there's a self-absorbed quality that tends to come through on some thumbnails that drives me away. See, I don't like myself. I don't want people to look at me. So yeah. my, my concern is like view optics because the idea is like you maximize views so you can get people to look at your music. Or I have like how-to tutorials I want to do for like self-publishing on Amazon because I've done that twice and I feel like well, the books haven't sold a lot. They're not, like, quote-unquote successful. The product itself I put together and how I put it together works really well. Like, you can read my books on a, on a phone and you can navigate them really easily because I went and, you know, did the extra steps to do that. And and so, like, there's, I don't need my face okay. on that, right? But that's Studio something killers. I want to put together. Come again? Studio Killers. I don't know who they are. Um, Ode to the Bouncer? Uh, I mean, I can... Video I don't know. I, I I sent you that Mr. Fear music video that that's all like animated. Like I I feel like there's a lot of um. Yeah, there's a huge production to this though. Like it's it's yeah. There's no huge main face, but there's like okay. How about a lot of um, work in here? Like someone had to 3D model this and animate it. Okay. How about this one? Even this, it's a proper video. Uh, all men are pigs. The music video is just like a loop. 
With like a total of eight animation frames to it. Okay. That's doable. The thing is, though, it's like at this point, this person, well, it's 2012. Maybe they didn't have a following. I don't know. I'm going to have to, it's something I have to think about, though, right? Like, or something I stress about is like, what do I want to do with the projects I'm working on? Like, do I want to make them because they're fun or do I want to get eyes on them? Because both of those things are valid and ideally both would be the, the case, right? But I, I you can, you know, kind of trajectory towards one or the other. Um, you could get, you just need a mascot and then you could like commission a cute picture of the mascot. And set up a thing where, like, the video just has, like, a record spinning so that there's technically movement. Um, I mean, it doesn't I could necessarily... just film my cat, right? And just cut footage <laughs> of my cat playing with toys. That, <laughs> that would actually be kind of funny if it was, like, completely disconnected from the song. Oh, dude, think... shoot, dude, that's... The... Okay, if I produced music, I can guarantee I would make a music video that's just... Um, stock footage of like businessmen shaking hands. Okay, that'd be context. fucking hysterical. <laughs> that would. That's that's me. That's good. Here's the thing, though. Too is um, when it comes to uh, I think the death metal and deathcore communities, as far as like, I, this might be sound stupid because I actually don't know if it's true or not. But I know like if I'm looking at, at videos of these kinds of songs, I do like to see real footage of it because I'm looking at the singer and going. How are they doing the things they're doing? What's their body posture like? What's their mouth posture like, right? Um, I know there's a decent, like, it's, the whole, like, being genuine to make these sounds is really important to to this set of music. People want to be like, no, these guys are literally sounding like this. There's no, there's not a lot of bullshit going on. They can make so these noises because that's, like. This could be a question of genre. Because maybe. the other thing is the music I listen to, it's so, like, produced that they can't do a live show. But then you go to concerts where they play the music. Right. And, they, a, it's and so it's really thing. important. Um, like, I was talking to Mark today about this Whitechapel song I've been, like, working with. with is like, this is how I warm up. I'm trying to sound like him and, and, and sing this song like he does. Uh, and I'm like, this part's really hard to do, though, because it sounds like he does this in one breath. And I don't, like, have the support to do that yet. Like, can you help me there? And he listened to it. He's like, dude, this guy takes three different breaths here. They just mask the shit out of it in the in the CD version. Uh, because it has to sound perfect. And so, if he's doing this live, <laughs> and it's like, that motherfucker. <laughs> I like to sing along to songs on the ride home, right? Mm-hmm. And there's this one song that's been kind of challenging me. But I, I like it. And the the trick is timing the breaths right. Yes. And they don't, they like with this particular song, it's challenging me. Because I'm normally, I'm pretty good. I actually have like decent lung capacity. Like I can, I can kind of hold a note. Mm-hmm. Oh, shoot me. <clears throat> Something went down the wrong pipe there. So I can normally hold a note pretty decent, but the timing is irregular because there's parts where the lyrics, uh, they offer checkpoints kind of intentionally sure. to lead up to this next long segment. And it's like, oh, I missed my thing there. I want to start over. And it's been really interesting and fun to get better at singing the song. But also it's annoying because I'm not a good singer. And so I'm not, like, doing the notes right. I'm just doing the timing right, like it's Guitar Hero. <laughs> yeah, I know. I get you there. I I feel like you can kind of match key. Your problem with your singing is is probably more of a, a, the kind of the basic posture and placement of the noise. Um, and that's something, like, out of the podcast, we should probably get to, like, 
I can give you pointers because I had to practice a lot of that stuff to get my scream sounding properly. Like, it all boils down. You're using the same instrument as I am. It's just I'm using it in a slightly different way, but the mechanics are all the same. And so it's like, oh, if you work on putting your your sound further in your mouth so it's off your vocal cords, it's going to sound brighter and more full, and it's going to just sound better. And that's not that hard to do once you know how to do it. I don't know. I like the, the Disney song. I let it go, let it go, everybody, let it go. Here's um, well, you're talking about timing and stuff. If I showed you the the band Arcspire, no. So this is a deathcore band. Um, their their screamer has a, a really great foundation in like rap music, and he can go super fast. Like he screams at like. 300 beats per minute. Um, so if you listen to this and you slow this down, he's saying all these words. That's rad. <laughs> and like, he's screaming faster than I can read and I can read pretty fast. Um, and, and it's really funny to like watch this live because he is doing this and you're like, how is he managing his breath like this? Like what the fuck is wizardry is this guy doing with his body? And that's one of the reasons why this is so impressive. As music, I actually don't like it that much. <laughs> I think it's it's neat until you get over the shock value, and then it's just kind of boring because there's no there's no melody to it. There's no it's just noise. It's it's very very percussive noise that is fascinating, and then that's it. I yeah, it's it's interesting for me because like the only music I appreciated for a long time was uh, Weird Al, and it's not like. He has a musical talent, and I, it's like, oh, he does parody songs, so there's kind of like some dismissive quality to it there. Mm-hmm. But what I found interesting was when he'd do a cover of a song that I hate, and it's like, oh, he made it listenable so that you can hear the words, because the words are important for the joke. And he kept yes. like the soul of the song, but instead of like mumbling and noise, he made it a song. And it's like, oh, that's interesting. And that's, I think, the first time I started thinking about what goes into music. Because for some of these, uh, like it, like super overproduced pop stuff, sometimes it's just noise, and that's intentional. And it's like I wonder what the process is to make something like this, where I don't know how to describe it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like someone had to sit down and go, like, I got an idea, and they play with stuff, and go, oh, this sounds good. Weird Al is like a legitimately great musician, though. Like I really respect like everything he does. I don't always like what he does, but man, he's he's good, right? Like, so, um, that that came up on Mega sixty four also, where they said that like growing up, they all liked Weird Al, but they didn't like the polka songs. And then as an adult, you you gain an appreciation for the polka songs because sure. you understand better what he's doing. Like you you like as you understand more music, you can appreciate how he's working all the lyrics back in. Um. And he's just a really clever lyricist, though, too, which is great. Like, as, like, a poet, right? Like, I really appreciate what he does. Yeah, really. A, a lot of... Pretty much all of his songs are super tight. Like, the the words and everything. Like, he he's able to maintain the same cadence of the original while also coherently putting together a funny joke that's the yes. full length of the song. Which is probably the hardest part, right? Is, like, you have an idea that is dumb. And he's like, I have to make this last three and a half minutes. I think one of my more uh, impressed ones was like a surgeon. 
don't know if I've heard that one. It was like a virgin, but uh. it was he he's a surgeon and it's his first day. And it's like and there's a good music video that goes with it. Um, but it's actually a super clever <laughs> like it it works the whole time. Like it's a super listenable version of that song that maintains the same quality of joke through the entire length of the song. Yeah, this is a four minute long <laughs> it's a <laughs> it's it's a four minute long pun, if you think about it. Yeah. But it's also like if you just like skip through it real fast, you'll just catch things. I always loved his Star Wars songs, like Yeah. I don't know, I, I listened to those, like, so many times in high school that I, like, know most of the words to them. Like, more than the originals, which is fucking crazy. Oh, you know what else was really, really good was Amish Paradise. Yes. That one's brilliant. You know why Sean fancy things like electricity? Yeah, and again, he keeps an appropriate amount of comedy through it, but is totally dedicated to, like, the structure of the song. Yeah, it, <laughs> he's he's super talented. I um man, I I hope we see more stuff from him, but it's like it's so hard to produce things like just because of legal and bureaucratic issues. I know he likes to get permission from the artist he's parroting too. Yeah, there's there's levels Which he doesn't to it. need to do. Not technically, but he does because yeah. he's a nice guy. Yeah, it's it's so uh it's strange that Weird Al's like he raises the bar. <laughs> It's right. Like, Look at the silly clown, but also it's like, oh yeah, he's one of the better talented artists we have right now. It's super strange to think about. We're at fifty-four minutes, though I did take a break to get another drink, so I don't know if we want to start wrapping up. I also kind of have to pee. Oh, we can wrap up. Did you? You mentioned you had a glad space. Yeah. So I started reading uh, the Foundation series by Isaac Asimov. Um. And I'm really, really enjoying that. This is like a really like seminal piece of science fiction. Like I've had this recommended to me by dozens of people. Who are like, oh, you like science fiction? Have you read this? And I was like, no. Like, how the fuck have you not read this? It's like the quintessential sci-fi of like, which is funny because it was written in like the 1950s. Like it is not new. Um, but there's a lot of really, really great stuff in here. Like I can see what Warhammer is pulled from. Like this is such a oh yeah yeah. It's like the Lord of the Rings like to fantasy right? Like people took this and were like, this is mine. Like, I'm going to use so many ideas from this. Um, and it works really, really well. Like, there's a lot of great sci-fi concepts in it uh, as far as, like, like the scope of things, right? Like, you get that in Warhammer a lot. Like, the galactic, you know, human empire spans multiple galaxies. And, like, you can see that here. Uh, and then the way they treat the ruling class and, like, this weird devotion to things. But also, we're kind of losing knowledge because there's just so many people that, that we're forgetting how to make the things that we made and i feel like that happens in warhammer um the first book is really cool because it's kind of smaller and it's like this one guy visiting this other dude and he gets kind of wrapped up in some shit and then like each subsequent like novella uh they skip ahead like 40 50 years and so there's always it's always moving forward and things are getting bigger and so i'm like halfway through it and there's like Game of Thrones levels of politics going on. Like like this book I'm on right now isn't almost about the sci-fi. It's about like the political struggle between planets and 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 people who with huge egos. And I like that every book feels different from the one before it, while also maintaining like really neat sci-fi ideas. Like it's it is legitimately 
the way you know people rave about it for a reason and i'm i'm having a lot of fun with it well you know i think that's what makes good sci-fi is when it's the setting and not the subject yeah a lot of sci-fi at least recently it feels like someone has a concept of like what if people lived on the moon and the whole book is like expositing how moon life is different than earth life Mm -hmm. and it's like or what if people lived on the moon and there was a murder mystery and so now you have to look for clues in low gravity and that's like what this is like (laughs) hey what if people lived on this planet super far away they don't have any like major guns or anything right like because they're they're doing a government project to, to pool like create an encyclopedia so it's just this planet um, but it's so far away that they're dependent on every planet around them for materials uh, and food and things like that. And then the Empire starts failing. What do they do? Oh, Game of Thrones shit, because they need to stay around. And there's a coup. And, like, it's really about, like, the characters and the politics of this planet, which is super cool. The one problem is that this dude, I don't think he can write women, because he certainly hasn't tried in, like, the almost 200 pages oh, I've read. Um, yeah, that's uh, that doesn't change. He never learns how to write women. So... From that from that standpoint, it's kind of disappointing. Um, I'm I'm just so used to like having these like big inclusive casts, right? And you like that because it brings more voices and ideas into it. Uh, but it's sort of like, well, I've read Lovecraft, and that dude can't write humans, let alone women. So it is really like part of it. It's an idea book, but I do like the characters he does write. Like I think this is a fantastic series so far, and it gets me excited to want to write science fiction because I don't write a lot of it, and I want to write more of it. Didn't I have an idea for a book the other day? Probably. About a cat. Is there a cat in it? Maybe? That was a good idea. Oh, well. I believe in you. What's your, what, what are you glad about this week, Cameron? Uh, my brother sent me this album that I've been listening to in the background. Hmm. It's from, a. I think the group is called, where'd it go? Lethian Dreams. Uh, but you, if you look up A Shadow of Memories, they put out an album in 2020. Uh, I'll just link it to you. Excuse me. But it's got a very interesting, like, vibey feel to it. Um, it's got, like, electric guitar gently humming. But there's also qualities that remind me of, like, the Moonlight Sonata. Where it's not quite a lullaby, but it's, like, it puts you in a different mind state. There's a little bit of edge, like, there's a hint of edge. Is this uh, mostly instrumental, or... Yeah. Ooh, this looks like writing music. I might listen oh. to this tonight while I while I write, because I haven't done any writing yet today. It, yeah, the, there are words, but it's like, it it's almost used as instrument. Oh, sure. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like drowned out by the buzzing. Um, I'm surprised uh, he, my brother didn't send it to you already. I don't talk to Matt enough, which is a shame, because Matt's pretty cool. Yeah. Actually, you know what? What happened here? Um, I think I literally, like, I, he sent it to me, and I said, oh, this sounds really good. Um, You should send this to Chad. And he was like, oh, yeah, I don't talk to Chad enough. And then I guess he didn't. So you have that in common. Fucking A, Matt. We need to talk more. We should get him on the podcast, by the way. Eh, he's busy. No, wait, maybe he's not. We should do that. Yeah, let's think about that. Let's, let's extend an invite. And then what's the other thing? Um... No, that was it. Yay! I'm Yay. not. I'm not doing good. We missed the show last week because I had a really bad toothache, and now yeah. I have really good pain meds. 
And I might have an appointment next week. We'll see. I hope you get your tooth fixed. I don't want a tooth anymore. You should you should get that fixed. I'm sorry it's taking so long. Die. If I have teeth problems, my dentist is like, I'll make room for you because no one should suffer with their teeth. <laughs> but I also don't live in a place with like 500,000 people. Uh, I, I hope everyone out there is having a good time whatever yeah that was that was a couple good glad spaces yeah this was a good episode i really need to piss if you give me five like two minutes i'll come back and we can keep talking about stuff but not on the podcast because i think we're done yeah and then i guess you know bonus glad space do look up mandalore gaming and mystery of the druids because his, his video essay it's a fun ride. <laughs> that sounds like it, Stu. I, I only spoiled, like, the intro. You, you guys are gonna have a hoot. Nice. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye.